Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to be with you tonight. My name is Jennifer Trotter from the USA, and our topic tonight will be godly singleness. We're going to learn how God loves singles, how we can really be on fire for God in our singleness, and how um, not being married doesn't mean that we are unloved. First, let me state that singleness is not a dirty word. You are not overlooked. You are not unloved. You are not undesirable. You are not left out. Neither are you behind because you are not married yet. We know that marriage between a man and a woman is is a beautiful thing and that God honors marriage. Um, we know that he puts man and woman together during the time that he wants them to be together, to be married, to have children, to multiply in the earth and to have a greater purpose for the kingdom of God. However, that does not mean that he has overlooked us, that he does not love us, that he has forgotten about us, or that we are unwanted if we are single. The reality is the word for single, it is defined as an adjective. It means one. It means unmarried. It means unwed. It means free. And that does not mean that we are um Unloved. That just means that we are alone with God. Our intimacy through singleness, our relationship with God through singleness simply means that it's just us and God. It means that there is nothing or no one else that comes between our relationship with God. In marriage, the husband covers his wife. As singles, as single women, we are strictly covered by God. As singles, society, the world around us, and the church are sometimes quick to label us as a general group. But in there, there is a society where, you know, we see relationship goals on Instagram. We see people taking beautiful pictures, you know, on social media and things of that nature. But we have to be remain confident in the place that God has us right now. We have to know that we are more than just a label and that our relationship status is not just single, but it means that we are partnered with God. And if we be believers, if we be Christians, if we be men and women of God, we know that our greatest relationship is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So we cannot be upset. We cannot covet what other people have, but we need to focus on our relationship. We also need to note that um, there are different types of singles. Um, so it's not a one size fit all. There are some people that were married and now they're either divorced or their spouse died. So they're single again. There are some people that are single that do not have the desire to be married. Like in the um, the book, um, in, in the Apostle Paul, he did not want to be married. He says, in first Corinthians, I wish that you would be single like me. I wish that you would have your affairs on the Lord like me, but if you can't, then you will be, you can be married. So there are some people 
that have no desire to be um, coupled with a partner. They want to put their entire dedication and affections to the Lord. And then there are some people that are single, like you're not married, you have not gone to the altar, you have not, no one has performed um, a marriage ceremony over you with another person, but you may be in um, a relationship where you're getting to know someone and you're trying to decide if... um, if this person aligns for your life. So there are different types of singles. There are people that you may know. I have a friend who was married at 26 years old and her husband died um, out of the blue. So now she is single again. So it doesn't mean that something happened or that she had sinned or that, you know, it was just the plan of God that he passed away a little earlier than was desired, right? So we got to get out of our mind that single means undesirable. Get out of your mind that single means something wrong with you. Get out of your mind that single means that God does not love you. Being a single person, meaning being a person Person that is unmarried means that you're simply one by yourself. And the number one is a whole number, right? One plus one equals two. So our togetherness partners, we partner with each other and we live for God. You're just one. You're just number one means that it's just you and God. So it's nothing wrong with that. So we have to really begin to change our perspective about what it means to be single. What happens is when we do not um, understand and when, do, when we do not accept the will of God for our lives, then we become desperate. And you don't want to become so desperate in your singleness that you begin to align yourself with everybody. Marriage is very serious. It is a covenant under heaven saying that we are going to confess our vows together. We're going to be together till death do us part. That is not something that we can take lightly, but we cannot allow our emotions. We cannot allow our distress. I know that you're at the age that you're seeing people get married and you're seeing people have children and you're saying, God, what about me? We have to be confident in where God has us right now so that we do not become desperate, right? Would you rather be single with God or would you rather be married to a devil? Hmm? Would you rather have communion with God, serving God, honoring him, just you and him? Or do you want to be with someone that does not value who you are, right? So we cannot allow our temporary emotions allow us to make a decision that is long term because we do not want to wait on God. I want you to be mindful about where God has you and I want you to be committed to say that you are going to wait on God. I may be single, but I am not desperate. Died on the cross. I'm sorry, I had a little technical difficulty. So over the next few moments, we're going to debunk some lies that the enemy tries to tell single people. He tries to make us believe certain things that when we're by ourselves so that we will be desperate and that we will not trust God. One of the lies that the enemy tries to tell us is that our love story starts when we meet the person of our dreams. That is a lie. 
as a believer, as a Christian, our love story started on the cross. Your love story does not start when you get married. As a believer, your love story started on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for my sins, not because that I was good, not because I deserved it, but because he loves me. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe it on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We that love Jesus cannot downgrade our relationship with him because we want a relationship with another person. The greatest love story there is started through with Jesus Christ. As, as our human nature is geared to give and receive love from humans, but we cannot overlook the ultimate sacrifice through the act of love by Jesus Christ. Okay, our love story started on the cross, right? Jesus loves you. He loves you enough to die for you, right? So as singles, we're not just sick. We're not just uh, alone. We have been partnered with Christ when we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. So that is the first lie. I want you to say to yourself that my love story does not start when I get married. My love story started when I committed to Jesus Christ. And that is the greatest and most important relationship of my life. And I am not willing to compromise my relationship with Jesus to be with anyone that he does not have for me. I am willing to wait on him so that I can live in divine purpose with him. Okay. So we're going to take a few moments just to debunk some of the lies, right? The love story started on the cross. The love story started with Jesus. The second lie that we're going to debunk from the enemy is I am lonely. Now, loneliness is an emotion, but it does not have to be the pure definition of who you are. As singles, we must understand the difference between being lonely versus being alone. There is a difference between these two, even though we try to use them the same. To be lonely means to feel sadness because of the absence of romantic love or companionship. As singles, it is realistic that we feel sad, we feel sad because we are by ourselves. However, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 31 and 6, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes before you. And read this. He will never leave you, neither will he forsake you. God promised to never leave us nor to forsake us. So when we feel sad, we must combat those feelings with facts. Let me say that again. When we feel sad, we must combat our emotions with the reality, right? So the lie is I'm lonely. 
The truth may be I am alone because there isn't a physical person with me, but God is always with us. Singles do not have to live a life of sadness. We have light, we have access to abundance. We do not lack anything because we are in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. We must also accept the truth that everyone will they may not get married. Like I talked about like like, like I talked about Paul, but if we are to remain single, we must accept the fact that we are fulfilled in Christ alone. Sometimes we become so consumed with our relationship status or trying to get married that we forget all the luxuries that we have. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 and 7 that singleness is a gift. Remember to be concerned with what you have, not what you feel like you are lacking. You do not lack anything because you are in Christ. Remember the luxury of singleness, that there are some things that married people cannot do. And there are some things that single people cannot do that married people can do. But I want you to focus on the beauty that you have in Christ right now. Let the enemy know that you do not live a life of sadness. You do not live a life of defeat. You do not live Live a life of of, of, of of pure loneliness because you have the joy and the light of Christ. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when I feel like I'm alone, when I feel like I don't have anybody, when I feel like nobody understands, I pull on the joy of Christ, right? You do not allow the enemy to make you feel isolated, to make you feel like you don't have anything, to make you feel like nothing good will ever happen for you because you are not married. Why? Because the enemy is a liar. Everything he says is a liar. And everything that is contrary to the word of God is a lie. So if the word says that God will never leave me, then that means that these moments of loneliness will eventually have to pass. And I have to focus and reset myself on the things that Christ has given me. I have abundance in Christ. Jesus came so that we could have life and that we can have life more abundantly. He did not say that I came so that you can be married. He did not say that I came so that you can have children. He said that I came so that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So I do not live a life of loneliness. I may be alone sometime because there are some times where there is nobody physically around me, but I am not in distress because God has not allowed me to be married yet. Yet I focus on the relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. I focus on the things that Christ has set for me to do. I focus on my worship to him. I focus on my studies to him. I focus on the purpose and the ministry that he has for me to do right so that's lie number two you do not have to live a life full of loneliness because the lord said i promise to never leave you or to forsake you so i'm not going to continue focusing on what i don't have i'm going to focus on um the beauty that i have in christ it's me and jesus and i'm okay with that it's me and Jesus, and I'm okay with that.
It's me and Jesus. And that is enough for me in this season of my life. Okay. I want you to write that down. One of the third lies that a lot of people believe is the enemy will try to make you feel like your biological clock is ticking. Meaning that because you are growing older in age, that you will not be able to fulfill whatever desires that you have that are godly. What do I mean by that? We use this phase as, as a means to rush or be rushed outside the timing of God. So as a woman, we understand, or even as a man, as you get older, um, biologically, we know that our bodies function, you know, differently. Um, they usually say that it's uh, easier or it's better to have children, you know, once you are in childbearing age. And that that is naturally true. But as believers, we do not have to rush against a biological clock because we live in the timing of God. Amen. We live according to the purpose and plan that he has for us. Second Peter three and eight says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise and some under, as some understand slowness. What am I saying? Singles are not delayed. When you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, you open yourself up for the timing and the plan of God that he has for you. And that timing and that plan supersedes your natural um, timeline. So what am I saying? You may be saying, well, I need to hurry up and get married because I'm about to be such and such age. We do not want to go beyond what God has for us because we want to meet our own timelines. Society will force us to believe that we are delayed because we haven't accomplished or done something by a certain age. Since marriage has been a, uh, uh, has, is looked at as a accomplishment rather than an assignment, sometimes we will feel like we are behind, but we have to remember that Jesus, God is the creator of time. In Daniel, um, they, they, they look at God and they refer to him as the ancient of days. That means that we serve a God that lives outside of time. So by a lot, by a bio and the clock of man is not of a restraint to him right? We see so many times in the Bible, especially through the examples of Sarah and Hannah, that they had babies at old, older ages, right? So God is not moved by our time. If we have the promise to get married or to have a baby, that cannot be stopped by our physical or emotional um, um, timelines. So don't allow people to make you rush or make you feel like you're missing out when you are following God, right? 
our time, our bodies, our um, natural affections, all of that, all of everything that regulates in our bodies, it belongs to God. So I don't want us to move outside of the timing of God because we want to fulfill what a society is calling us to do. I want you to be obedient. I want you to remain steadfast. I want you to not be discouraged knowing that you are living in the timeline of God. And anytime that God um, decides to do something, it will be the perfect time. It will be a perfect time. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says there is a time for everything and there is a season for every activity under the heavens. Okay? You are not behind, right? So if God decides that you're going to have a baby at this age, you will have a baby. If God decides that you will be a mother at this age, you will be a mother. If God decides that you will be a father at this age, you will be a father. But we have to declare and we have to decide that we're going to move in the timing of God and not in the timing of people right? So don't be distracted. Do not be distracted about what's going on around you, right? Put your timing in the hands of God. To say that we are submitted to the will of God means that we are also submitted to the timing of God, okay? I operate and I move when God tells me to move. Do not be manipulated by the timing of this world. So they may say to you, girl, you know, you should be married by now. You tell them when God presents a husband that he has for me, I will be married. Well, sir, you should be a, a father by now. When God presents a godly wife for me, I will be married and I am committed to moving in the timing of God and not in the timing of society. I hope this teaching is good to you. Now we're going to talk about the purpose of singles. What is so, so for godly singles, for people that believe God, we live a different lifestyle than people who do not profess Jesus, right? So what should you be doing during your singleness? We just talked about three of the lies that I want us to get in our hearts about uh, what the enemy may try to teach us and tell us, right? So now we are going to move towards the purpose of godly singles. What should you be doing? What should you be doing? Singles have three purposes in singleness. Christian singles have three purposes. The first one is to maintain the covenant between oneself and Jesus Christ. The second thing is to refrain from distractions. And the third thing is to pursue the individual purpose that God has given you. So when, when you ask yourself, what should I be doing during this time that I am unmarried? The first thing is to maintain the covenant between oneself and Jesus, right? To refrain from distractions. What is keeping you away from your relationship with Jesus? What is keeping your mind not focused on Jesus? What is, uh, what is um, holding your attention that God did not design and um, have a plan for? Okay. So you got to remain, you got to remove all of your distractions. 
And the third thing is to pursue the individual purpose that was given by God, right? There was a woman in the Bible, um, and we're going to talk about her a little bit, that, and that is in John 4, John 4, 15 through 18. This story is about redemption. This story is about removing distractions. And this story is about um, being awakened in where you're supposed to be right now and your purpose and plan for Jesus Christ. So John 4, 15 through 18, it says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water. He told her, and call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right. You say that you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man that you have now is not your husband. She says, what you have said is quite true. The Samaritan woman is a woman that has been entangled in all types of relationships. She is lying in a bed of discontentment. She falls into a lot of the different categories and believing the lies. She may have believed some of the lies that I mentioned earlier. She has been married a few times. And in, in this time and when she encounters Christ, she is staying with a man that is not her husband. Right? In this particular time, she is unmarried, but she is trying to fill her voice with other things. And Christ tells her if she drinks from the living water, she will never thirst again. So when we read this passage, we can't just look at this woman as, a, as an adulterer, which she was. We don't just look at her as a loose woman or a woman that doesn't have a good name. We have to look and see what she was doing. How, how was she thinking to herself that this, this may be okay? And if we are honest in our singleness, when we get distracted, when we are not focused, when we are not focused on the things of God, we can be just like this Samaritan woman. We have to ask ourselves what or who is in your bed that you have no business, right? She, Jesus said, the man that you're with now is not your husband. As godly singles, as, as singles that have dedicated our lives to Christ, that means that we are abstaining from fornication. That means that we are abstaining from sexual sin. And oftentimes we think that it's okay because you're grown. No, you are in a relationship with God and you cannot put yourself in any situation that will cause you to sin against God. We also have to look at the distractions. You may not be having sex, but you may be in the bed with someone or doing something that you have no business that is not outlined with the, the laws, precepts, and the obedience of Jesus Christ. Who are you idolizing? Who are you giving your attention to? Who is distracting you? Who is your other husband besides your Lord and Savior right now? Because remember, 
You're not married. Remember, you do not have a husband. You do not have a wife. So what is taking your attention more than God, right? You have to ask yourself, am I like the Samaritan woman? Am I in and out and doing everything, trying to not focus on the main thing, right? Who is in your bed that has no business? Who are you having ungodly conversations with? Who are you spending ungodly time with, right? Now, there are some things, and I'm sure that there are some things that are clean fun that uh, God would allow you to do, you know, with family, with friends. But we have to make sure that in our single time that we are living true to our covenant, to obedience to God right? Just because the world is doing it doesn't mean that the Christian believers are doing it. We should be living a life of sanctification. That means to be set apart by God. That means to be used by God. That means to have the purpose pursuing God, right? And and it doesn't mean just going to church, but even in our schooling, even in our um off time or time with our friends, we should not be um entangled with things that God has not given us to right who what are you giving your attention to this woman had given her time over and over and over again before she encountered jesus when we encounter jesus when we encounter jesus we should have the agenda of the kingdom right and all matthew 6 and 33 says that we have to uh uh, uh put everything um bef- put everything after christ everything has to come after beseek ye first the kingdom of god and all of his righteousness and the rest shall be added unto you right so whatever distractions we have we got to make sure that we lay them at the altar This woman was distracted. She was not just an adulterer. She was distracted and she was encountering Jesus, someone who will change her life for the rest of her life. We also have to look at this this Bible uh, passage and say, are we truly fulfilled by God? Are we drinking from the well of the living water daily to maintain and grow our relationship with him? Are we thirsting and desiring other things because we are not fulfilled with him? right? Does Jesus satisfy you? We can't just serve God to get the things that we want. We can't just serve God just hoping that he will give us this perfect life. We serve him out of obedience to him. We serve him out of our love and devotion to him, not just out of the blessings that he would give us. So we have to be mindful and ask ourselves every day, am I fully being committed to God? Am I fully being fulfilled by God? Okay. The third thing is we have to ask ourselves, what is distracting us? She was distracted by these different men that she had in her life. A distraction is anything that keeps you from your goal. The goal as a Christian single is to maintain an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. What is hindering from your focus? And I'm not just talking about going to church and being in the ministry. I'm talking about, are you um, um, distracted? Are you, who has your eyes? Who has your ears? What are you saying? Are you speaking of the things of the Lord? Are you having a healthy relationship with God? 
distractions don't have to be bad things. They're just the thing. They're just things that we put before God. Okay. All right. So when we look at these people, when we look at, you know, people of this world, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing the right thing as it pertains to our godly singles, uh, godly singleness right now? It's easy to say, oh, this was an adulterer woman. Well, are you sinning against God by not putting him first? Hmm? Are you sing sinning against God but by not pursuing the purpose and the plan that he has for your life? Are you sinning against God because you have so many distractions in your view? Every time you don't get your way, you start doing things of this world. And that's not what we should be doing. We want our, if we want our marriage to be centered around God, our singleness has to be focused on God. God can't bless your marriage if you won't let him bless your singleness. You have to be committed to Jesus Christ. Our responsibility in our godly singleness is also to pursue purpose. There are some things, some ministries, some businesses, some um, godly things that God wants you to do right now. Your life does not, you don't start living your life when you get married. You start living your life as you partner with God. 1 Corinthians 7 and 34 says, an unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs for her aim is to be devoted in the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. So what we see here is we understand that as a single person, our complete devotion is to God. And then when we get married, our devotion is to God and our spouse. So my question to you is, how are you living out the plan of God in your life right now? Have you written the book that God has told you to, to write? Are you serving the people of God that he's told you to serve? Are you dedicated to your local church? Are you teaching children about God? Are you telling people who don't know about Jesus? Are you trying to reach them? In this time of our godly singleness, we should be making disciples. So if you are saved, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord, that's good. Now, how are you carrying that out in the earth? As Christian singles, we have the opportunity to spread the love of Jesus Christ in our um, day jobs, in our education, however the Lord has given us to do it. But we cannot just wait and wait around and say, well, I'm not doing this and I'm going to wait till I'm going to get married. No. What are you doing now? How are you motivated to live for Jesus now? How are you motivated to tell people about your living God? How are you motivated to make more disciples? How are you motivated to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's how you should be spending your time. 
your whole life is devoted to Jesus. And then when you get married, you would have to, you know, you have to split your time. You'll have to watch your children. You'll have to maintain a house. You'll have to provide for a family, right? So you have to figure out how am I being obedient to God now? What is God calling for me to do now? During this time, we talk about that we're alone or we don't have love and, you know, all the things that the the lies that the enemy will try to teach us. But what are you doing with that time? You have time to write a book about the goodness of Jesus. You have time to minister to whoever God has called you to minister to. You have time to spend endless moments in prayer and worship and fasting. You have time to get your spiritual disciplines together. You have time to to do whatever God has called you to do. You have time to travel for the gospel. You have time to travel for your business. You have time to travel for your whatever affairs that the Lord is calling for you to do. So do it now. Do not wait because when you are on the other side, when you are committed to someone else, then your focus is going to change. Your time is going to change. And the time that you have now as a single person will no longer be there. So now you have to get yourself up. You do not have to live a life of a pity party. You do not have to live a life in distress. You do not have to live a life that is dis content, but put all your efforts, put all of your affections into the things of God. Be excited. Gather your single friends in your communities and y'all give God a praise. You do things that, that, that are good for the community. You do things that are good for the church. You do things that are good for the elderly and the will and the widows, right? We can't just wait for our uh, pastors to do everything. God has called us. Now we need to consult with them. We need to have wise counsel. So I'm not telling you just to be a rebellion. I'm not telling you to do that. But what I'm telling you is to you to put your single energy into the things of God. Put all of what you feel into the things of God. When people ask about you, they should say that that woman, that man is on fire for God and they're doing this thing for the Lord and they're doing that thing for the Lord. They're not standing around with their head hanging down. They're not entangled in bondage. They're not in other people's beds. They're not uh, messing with married people. They're not in sin, but they have dedicated their whole lives to Jesus Christ. I want to be the light and the salt of Christ in the earth. I want people to look at me and to want to know about my Jesus. When they look at you, can they tell that you are a disciple of Christ? Are you producing the fruit as a single believer that makes people want to know your Jesus? If you're not doing that, then you have, you have committed adultery in your relationship with Jesus Christ because your focus has been off. And this workshop, this teaching, this time is to gather your thoughts and to bring you back to the thing that matters. You are valuable to God and he loves you and he has not forgotten about you. So during this time, live for him. 
Live in abundance for him. Do the things that he has called you to do. Spread the gospel. Pray. Preach. Prophesy. Do all of the things that the Lord has commanded you to do out of obedience to him. Amen. Amen. This is the time for you to embrace your kingdom gifts and talents and to steward them well and to use them so that the kingdom of God may be edified and that the people of God may be built up so that they will want to serve the Jesus that we know. Our responsibility in our godly singleness is also to pursue purpose. There are some things, some ministries, some businesses, some um, godly things that God wants you to do right now. Your life does not, you don't start living your life when you get married. You start living your life as you partner with God. 1 Corinthians 7 and 34 says, An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs, for her aim is to be devoted in the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. So what we see here is we understand that as a single person, our complete devotion is to God. And then when we get married, our devotion is to God and our spouse. So my question to you is, how are you living out the plan of God in your life right now? Have you written the book that God has told you to, to write? Are you serving the people of God that he's told you to serve? Are you dedicated to your local church? Are you teaching children about God? Are you telling people who don't know about Jesus? Are you trying to reach them? In this time of our godly singleness, we should be making disciples. So if you are saved, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord, that's good. Now, how are you carrying that out in the earth? As Christian singles, we have the opportunity to spread the love of Jesus Christ in our um, day jobs, in our education, however the Lord has given us to do it. But we cannot just wait and wait around and say, well, I'm not doing this and I'm going to wait till I'm going to get married. No. What are you doing now? How are you motivated to live for Jesus now? How are you motivated to tell people about your living God? How are you motivated to make more disciples? How are you motivated to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's how you should be spending your time. Your whole life is devoted to Jesus. And then when you get married, you would have to, you know, you have to split your time. You'll have to watch your children. You'll have to maintain a house. You'll have to provide for a family, right? So you have to figure out how am I being obedient to God now? What is God calling for me to do now? Dur during this time, we talk about that we're alone or we don't have love and, you know, all of the things that the, li the lies that the enemy will try to teach us. But what are you doing with that time? You have time to write a book about the goodness of Jesus. You have time to minister to whoever God has called you to minister to. You have time to 
spend endless moments in prayer and worship and fasting. You have time to get your spiritual disciplines together. You have time to, to do whatever God has called you to do. You have time to travel for the gospel. You have time to travel for your business. You have time to travel for your whatever affairs that the Lord is calling for you to do. So do it now. Do not wait because when you are on the other side, when you are committed to someone else, then your focus is going to change. Your time is going to change. And the time that you have now as a single person will no longer be there. So now you have to get yourself up. You do not have to live a life of a pity party. You do not have to live a life in distress. You do not have to live a life that is discontent, but put all your efforts, put all of your affections into the things of God. Be excited. Gather your single friends in your communities and y'all give God a praise. You do things that, that, that are good for the community. You do things that are good for the church. You do things that are good for the elderly and the will and the widows, right? We can't just wait for our uh, pastors to do everything. God has called us. Now we need to consult with them. We need to have wise counsel. So I'm not telling you just to be a rebellion. I'm not telling you to do that. But what I'm telling you is to you to put your single energy into the things of God. Put all of what you feel into the things of God. When people ask about you, they should say that that woman, that man is on fire for God. And they're doing this thing for the Lord and they're doing that thing for the Lord. They're not standing around with their head hanging down. They're not entangled in bondage. They're not in other people's beds. They're not uh, messing with married people. They're not in sin, but they have dedicated their whole lives to Jesus Christ. I want to be the light and the salt of Christ in the earth. I want people to look at me and to want to know about my Jesus, when they look at you, can they tell that you are a disciple of Christ? Are you producing the fruit as a single believer that makes people want to know your Jesus? If you're not doing that, then you have, you have committed adultery in your relationship with Jesus Christ because your focus has been off. And this workshop, this teaching, this time is to gather your thoughts and to bring you back to the thing that matters. You are valuable to God and he loves you and he has not forgotten about you. So during this time, live for him. Live in abundance for him. Do the things that he has called you to do. Spread the gospel. Pray. Preach prophesy. Do all of the things that the Lord has commanded you to do out of obedience to him. Amen. Amen. This is the time for you to embrace your kingdom gifts and talents and to steward them well and to use them so that the kingdom of God may be edified and that the people of God may be built up so that they will want to serve the Jesus that we know. So I want to ask you tonight, what is your heart posture? 
in your singleness right now? Have you been complaining? Have you been miserable? Have you been looking at other people? The Lord says, I want you to repent. I want you to come back to your first love to me. Before we can get and go down the aisle and give vows to another man or woman, we have to first honor the vow and commitment that we have with Christ. How is your posture? How is your heart posture? If you be bitter, if you be upset, if you are angry and mad because you are not married right now, it's okay to have those human feelings, but you cannot live there. You cannot live there. And I pray that tonight that the Lord fills your heart with the joy of him, that he gives you a new love for him. Some of you are single because you you are obeying God because you decided that you wasn't going to marry someone that didn't love God because you decided that you wasn't going to marry someone that treated you poorly. You decided that you were not going to marry and be with someone because they did not have godly character. You are not being punished for that. God will send you someone, the person that he has for you. But in this time and during this season, I need you to check your heart and ask the Lord to forgive you if you wasted time being angry, upset, or bitter. Ask him to forgive you if you put too much time in distractions. Ask him to forgive you if you spent all of your days planning your wedding instead of being in communion with him. What is the posture of your heart? Allow him to reset your focus. Allow him to give you new strength. Allow him to give you godly laughter and enjoyment and fulfillment for him again. I want you to check your posture and I also want you to check your perspective. Check your perspective. How do you view yourself? Do you see yourself with the love of God? Do you see yourself as his child, as his daughter, as his son? Do you see yourself as the beautiful creation that he has made? Do not allow the enemy to give you any other perspective besides the perspective of God that he has for you. Jesus loves you. He doesn't just love you because you're going to get married. He doesn't just love you because you'll eventually be a husband or a wife if that's his plan for you. He loves you just like you are. Check your posture. Check your motives. Check your perspective. Check your life. And ask yourself, am I really living a life that is poured out for Jesus Christ? Am I really devoted to him? Am I really committed to him or am I like this Samaritan woman um, giving my time and attention to these distractions? It is time for us to encounter Jesus at the well so that he can give us living water so that we will never thirst again for the things of this world. It's okay to have natural affections. It's okay to want to be with someone. 
It's okay to desire a relationship, but we will not allow that desire to be above our obedience and above the plan of God that he has for us. I love you as a single person. And I pray tonight that you see, hear, and feel the the power that God has for you as a Christian single. Our godly singleness is to make sure that we are not like the people of this world, to make sure that we are devoted and committed, to make sure that we're walking in the purpose and the plan that he has for our lives. Thank you so much. I will take some questions now. Thank you so much for having me. Um, The ladies of this community have my contact information. If you have any questions, I am definitely available to you. I will be praying earnestly for singles everywhere. I know that the enemy is working on your heart and working on your emotions, but God is faithful. He will never leave you or forsake you. He loves you. He adores you and he will give you the desires of your heart as you press into the desires that he has for you. Thank you so much for having me during this teaching tonight.